Hello, my love. Hey, sweetie. Are you ready for an extra special? Ab- I, I feel like I always say that. <laughs> Every episode is Everything extra. is extra special. Everything is extra special with you, my love. Well, this is one about a topic that I've never really spoken about publicly before. So there it is. That's what makes it special mm-hmm. versus the other special ones. Right. Cue the music. <laughs> Hello, friends. Welcome to The Couple Shift. I'm Maria Leandra. And I'm Jules. And we are a husband and wife team on a mission to shift the way we live our lives and co-create what really matters. We don't always agree, but together, we're figuring it out. Thank you for joining us. We're so glad you're here. Okay, so I'm just going to hit right, hit the ground running. Um... May, this episode is coming out mid-May, and it happens to be National Mental Health Awareness Month. And I actually wasn't even aware of that at the beginning of May. I realized that a few days ago, and I thought, wow, like it feels like the right timing and the right opportunity for me to talk about my own journey of mental health. And I certainly have a journey, and it's something I haven't really spoken about publicly and in the spirit of both, you know, raising awareness and also being transparent and open and sharing my story and our story because Jules has been along for the ride, I thought let's record an episode about my own experience with depression and anxiety. Yeah. So I brought it up to you, Boo, the other day and you looked at me like you you kind of opened your eyes and you were like, oh, yeah, that's that's big. No, uh, yeah, absolutely. Because it's really peeling the veil back. Uh, yeah. You know. Yeah. And we've done it before. We've talked about things about, or personal things and things like that. But I think something that we never touched on. Yeah. Something near and dear to you in the sense of like what you deal with. Mm-hmm. What yeah. You have dealt with in a daily basis. Yeah. This past. does feel incredibly personal. And also. Yeah. Probably the same way you probably would feel like what I when I opened up about what's going on with me. Yeah. And, but even. And I think that's even deeper for you because this is very new for you. So yeah. you're kind of processing it as we go. I've lived with this pretty much my entire life. Yeah. Like there's yeah. a moment when there was like a definitive and I'll get into like a micro version of the story, but I've had a, I've had a long time to come to terms with the fact that this is just part of my experience. And it's not that I hide it from anybody. Like I've talked about this with, you know, people in my life, um, but I've never shared it in a public um sorry about that in any public siri <laughs> uh, for Siri-ry some reason wanted Siri to get wanted involved to say something go ahead um yeah so yeah so okay so here's here's the quick story um i the first time that i was diagnosed with clin- clinical depression was in uh when i was a freshman in high school and i remember starting freshman year super happy you know it this was a not a new school because i basically went to the same elementary school from first grade seventh eighth grade like in puerto rico most private schools uh, unfortunately the public the public school system in puerto rico is really really deficient so a lot of kids do go to private school it's a little bit different than here in the states where private school is like you know like really elite it's a little bit more accessible and sometimes just necessary so anyway I was going into my freshman year private school all girls catholic school with nuns and the whole bit but I'd already been in this experience for a long time so it wasn't super new 
And I remember starting off the year really happy, you know, the classic like, I'm going to high school, getting my book bag, my the new highs, books. The, the, the real high. The yeah, like that excitement. I the remember wave. the summer, that summer feeling excited about it. And then about a, a week and a half into, maybe two weeks into the year, I woke up one morning and I was just emotionally paralyzed. I did not want to go to school. I didn't want to leave the house. I wanted to curl up. I'm crying extremely anxious um just feeling foggy dark all i wanted to do is just like be with my mom be with my mom be with my dad have that that sense of family safety comfort i don't want to go anywhere and so i can only imagine my parents and you know we've talked about this but i don't know if i've asked them specifically about those first few days when they you know, imagine waking up one morning and your daughter's like, okay, like, what do we do? How do we manage this? So, I'm, of course, at first they were like, you know. Your daughter like what? Like, like totally like turtle? Like, yeah. Like, I was like, I'm not, I'm not, like, I'm not doing this. Like, I can't, yeah. I just. I can't move. I remember the feeling of just complete anxiety taking over me and the fear and so constricting. It's So, at first, my parents, the first couple of days, of course, they were like, you know, coaxing me to go, encouraging me, telling me that this was normal, it was new and all this stuff. And I remember a couple of days that, again, I would either had to come home early because I just could not function in school, like would go to the bathroom in absolute tears, would go to my teachers and just be like paralyzed beyond belief. Like everything felt like I could not handle anything around me. And so, you know, after a couple of days of this, obviously my parents were very aware and thankfully we're very cognizant of okay well she needs some help like they never pushed it under the table it was never like she's gonna be fine and I was oh and as I look back and I piece my life together I was always a very sort of intense young girl intense woman like I was it was like one of those classic like wise beyond your years where the things I worried about the things I thought about the things I talked about were a little different than a lot of my peers. And so I always had this like level of mental intensity about me and emotional intensity about me. I've, I've always been emotionally sensitive. I've always been very, very aware, very aware of my surroundings. I feel like because I'm very energetically attuned to things happening around me, when you're a little kid, you don't know how to manage that. Like it, you're not well versed yet in what that means. Mm-hmm. So I think back and I'm like, I probably experienced some level of anxiety and depression in many ways since I was little, but that, that moment in freshman year of high school was was like like the the pivotal, like, you know, um, went to a psychiatrist and then it was like, okay, diagnosed, put on medication. I took, I think I took like two months off from school. Um, and then after that slowly like came back into the fold you know, continued on my high school career, you know, did great, um, was really involved in school. I loved my school. So all good. Um, was on meditation, meditation, was on medication. Was on meditation. <laughs> now I'm on meditation oh, and medication, but we'll get to that. So I was on medication for a few years. And then I think at some point I felt okay, you know, I got off of it. And then I remember at other points in my life having other, you know, really strong waves of what you can consider like not the blues not like oh I'm going through a rough patch like you are clinically depressed for me that shows up as feeling 
very detached from the world, feeling out of focus, like it's that much harder to do any daily task, feeling like I want to sleep a lot, feeling like I just want to curl up with things that bring me safety. At that point, it was my parents. And at a certain point when I was living here by myself, it was my dog. Then, you know, later on, it became my husband. It's it's like whatever just brings me a sense of I know this, this is comfortable and and that's it. Um, I also really I know when I when I'm at the point of, OK, this is what I consider depression for me is the lack of clarity and focus. And like I said, everything becomes monumental and very scary. The simplest things. So when I've experienced depression, for example, um, I had another wave of this early on when I worked in in Telemundo a couple of years after I actually, well, actually the year that I moved here to Miami, same thing. I remember all of a sudden feeling like everything was just sort of like coming, like the walls were caving in around me. And there's this sense of despair and there's this sense of just, uh, it's hard to describe. Um, physically also, uh, depression can come can reflect as being very tiring on the body like you feel uh, for some people again you feel like you have qu- sort of flu-like symptoms you just feel tired um, even your eyesight gets affected it's fascinating how it affects you physically it's in such a in such a strong way and so I've had other again it's been this these moments when I've I've noticed okay this is this is what's happening and then I've become so self-aware that I know right away to seek help and to whether it's get back on medication or amp up my you know whatever self-care routines help that would you know minimize the effects and again I'm not talking about just periods of I'm kind of blue and sad because you know that happens to all of us on a could happen on a regular basis just part of being human this is when you've hit the point where you your your functionality in life is significantly decreased. And so my point in sharing all of this is to say that I absolutely get when someone around me says, you know, I've gone through depression, anxiety, any combination of that. I feel a lot of compassion towards that. It's something I move on, you know, it's it's a part of my it's a part of my life. Um, I'm taking medication now and even saying that I'm like, oh, like <laughs> what are people going to say? But I, I care less now than I think I would have before. Yeah. I, I mean, I think you're more, you're more comfortable with what you have with, with, mm-hmm. with it. But at the same time, you're also not taking stuff that's yeah very high dose. Or yeah, no, I am. It's, Thankfully it's I'm taking a, a low dose and I will very say, small, you know, it's nothing, nothing. Yeah. And for a period of, you know, one of the, one of my personal goals before getting pregnant with Skylar was that I wanted to be off of antidepressants. And again, that's a very personal goal and something that Jules and I talked about. I was going to a psychiatrist at the time and had this conversation with him, this very honest conversation about, okay, so let's talk, talk me through, let's figure out a plan for how I can wean myself off so that I can support myself in other ways and then I really became very intentional about supporting myself in other um, more natural ways to keep keep the depressive and anxious symptoms at bay so that I could you know get pregnant and and even then we went through our whole infertility journey which is fascinating because that brought on a whole level of other emotions that oh yeah we've talked about before but for me, it was important to a. Have we talked about that before? Well, we did a little bit in the um, 
there was one episode that it we, must have been really early. Yeah, but yeah. we haven't gone into the whole. Maybe some of the not. Time. Yeah, we talked. We brushed on a little bit. We got to do another one about that. Um, so my I had a personal choice of you know conceiving Skylar, um, and going through the pregnancy, and the whole entire time I was very realistic and knowing I wasn't gonna push myself to any kind of extreme. I don't recommend that to anybody because then that puts a whole other set of stressors on a mother that she doesn't need. Um, but I was able to stay off it and I was able to stay off it all through breastfeeding him, which was yeah. again, a personal choice. I breastfed Skylar till he was a little over two years old and towards the end of my journey, breastfeeding him. And I think also during pregnancy, obviously your hormonal makeup changes. So there was something in my system that was keeping me in a state of equilibrium, which was beautiful and very supportive. And I remember towards the end of my um, breastfeeding journey, and it wasn't just because I was weaning off, but there were other factors that I started to feel. I was also at work at the time, in Telemundo meaning, and it was a really, really stressful time. So I think there was a period there that re-triggered more severe symptoms that I said... I mean, it was a perfect storm of things going it was, on. So yeah. it just... I mean, this was January 2019. It was right before I was laid off. That Those few months before had been just like crazy. Yeah. And big, like Dece- it was December. December, I remember thinking, no, 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 December 2017. I remember thinking there's something here that I'm not, I'm not really taking care of this. Like my quality of life is suffering greatly because I'm resisting um, taking care of myself with with medication and I was resistant to it for a while I was kind of like stubborn and hard-headed about not doing it I remember having conversations with my mom where she was like honey you're just you're fighting a battle with yourself and you're not even giving yourself the chance to take a breath and emerge and have the have the resources within your your own like yeah. body to to move through this. Do you remember that time? I well, do. you remember the whole thing. I'd love to hear a, l- a little yeah, bit. From well, the, the fact of the matter is um, most, I think uh, almost all depression is, is basically based off of a chemical imbalance mm-hmm. in your brain in a sense. Yeah. And so because of this chemical imbalance, uh, your mood, you have mood, you can have mood swings, you know, there's so many different, um, uh, I don't want to say diseases, but um, conditions. Conditions. Mean? Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's what I meant to say. Sorry. Um, like bipolar and things like that, and it and it all has to do with the chemical composition. Mm-hmm. And and there are diseases. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, chemical composition that's going on in your brain, mm-hmm. and if that's off, your moods yeah. are going to be off. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter if you're human or an animal. Period. If your chemical, if the chemicals in your brain are off, you're going to be off. Mm-hmm. This is what it is, and so added stressors can add, you know. Uh, pumping moral hormones and certain things and 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 who knows what what kind of change that causes and that may inf- inflame it to the point that you mm-hmm. can't handle that kind of stuff anymore yeah so you were fighting the fact that fact mm-hmm. that you have time. a chemical imbalance big time and i was like i can figure this imbalance? out well, myself we, and i'm gonna do it and right. i'm gonna do it right. and yeah i mean to go back way back when we first started dating mm-hmm and the reason why I bring this up is because you were on a different medication at the time when we started, when mm-hmm. we were started dating, a much stronger medication. Yeah. And you were a very different person to me. 
Mm. As a matter of fact, when we first started dating, the first couple of months were, were were quite rough. There was a period there that I was like, yeah, I don't know it's about this. It's a little roller coastery. It's roller coastery, yeah. and this is a thing that that a lot of people that suffer from depression they should really look into of how their medication makes them feel. Yeah, you know, um, and so from the point of view of someone who doesn't necessarily have uh, depression, um, mind you, do I go through anxiety? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Have I felt down in times, especially now with the with my possible um, uh, diagnosis of ALS? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, yes. Um, but I, it's like one day maybe I'll have it. One I'll feel down and not want to do anything. But I don't know what it is. I don't think it's depression, um, because the way you describe it mm-hmm. in certain things, I've never gotten to that point where it's like I I just. Yeah, everything no. is too much. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I, I, I don't experience you that way. Right, well. right. It, so you know, it's good, nice to hear from someone mm-hmm. who does because it's it and and that is a very the person that is dealing with someone who does have depression and doesn't have depression. Let's just you know the fact of the matter is, we don't really know what's going on. Like mm-hmm. we don't understand it. I don't understand it. I remember there was times that you're in bed and you were just said, "I'm like." why are you so upset? Why are you so down? Like what, or why don't you want to do anything? And we just don't get it because, well, our brains are not experiencing what they're experiencing. And I've learned and I continue to learn um, how to be like, okay, look, just because you don't feel that or you can just say, hey, snap out of it doesn't mean everybody else can, especially someone who may have uh, this condition. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, and kind of got off there, but the beginning of the relationship was a mm-hmm. little bit interesting because of the yeah. medication you were on. And then as time has gone, um, there have been ups and downs that I've experienced of you, um, because of, because of it. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I've learned is, you know, something that I still struggle with is, is to have patience is to have patience and also to be there and supporting, even if you don't understand it, even if you don't get, why are they so upset? They have everything or they have this or they have that. I mean, we've heard all those stories of like these superstars and, you know, like Heath Ledger, for example, right? Mm-hmm. Like uh, the poor guy was going through so much. Yeah. Um, and people don't, he had everything. Why would he do that? Or mm-hmm. he, like, you've heard that from everywhere. Well, you don't really know what's going on in their brains. You don't mm-hmm. really know what's going on in their head and what they're feeling. They c- all this external exposure of positive things that you think are great, you don't know what internally is going on and how that is how that information they're getting it, how is it being relayed. Yeah. So um And one thing I, I will say about my experience of your experience is that I have felt really nothing but support and and like a lot, a lot of understanding from you to the point that the the man I was dating before Jules, we dated for about three years. I thought it was the guy I was going to marry. It was like one of those. Well, I guess it's it. Yeah. <laughs> that kind of. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. No, no, no. I was, I, I like, I really thought like I wanted to marry this man. He did not really want to marry me. Thank goodness. He ended up dumping me and I cried about it a lot and um, was never the right relationship. Thank goodness. Then, you know, my knight in shining armor popped into my life at a karaoke who's bar who's that 
Oh, I don't know. Some <laughs> handsome guy um, on my 30th birthday. Yeah. Uh, 10 years ago. So anyways, actually 10 years ago on May 14th, two days ago. So there you go. Happy meeting bursary. Anyway, the point I bring up my ex is because when I was in relationship with him, I had to take medication at a certain point. Like I had one of those, I had one of those periods where I was like, all right. And I found it incredibly, incredibly like his, his relationship to me taking medication was horrible. He was one of those. I don't understand why you're taking this. Other people go through like really hard stuff in their life and you're not going through anything hard. So I don't get it. Like, you know, and he had had a very personal experience where his mom had passed away recently. So he was like, I really don't understand. I just, I don't. And he was actually mean about it. Like it was not, it was not pretty. And, and let me tell you, um, there are moments that for someone who doesn't go through the, have depression, mm-hmm. they, you get upset. I, it, it's, I've gotten upset. I have definitely gotten upset, but I try to not, um, to, to not throw that on you because I know it's yeah. not your fault. Um, I know it's not like you're intention. You, it's you're intentionally doing this, and yeah. there are, and there are times that I try to push you to be like, you can do this, you can get out of this, you can like, and 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 sometimes you're able to you know mm-hmm. break through it, but at, at the same time, it's not fair to you to be like, okay, I just gotta you know shake it off, rub yeah. some dirt in it, yeah, because be that's better. that's kind of the worst thing you can say to someone it who's is. like legit clinically depressed. Like right. that's that's right there. You just and. I've I've obviously sensed you being frustrated at times and thankfully we haven't been in that space for a while like my symptoms have been yeah fairly well managed for the past couple of years yeah thank no. goodness like we had like I I can't remember I, no. recent in recent history a time when I was like that like um but even it, those moments I try to like I said I would try to yeah but and I, and I could sense like he's frustrated but what I never sensed from you is that you were making me feel like blaming me or being judgmental or making me feel bad it was more like i know he's frustrated because he doesn't get it but it never felt like what it felt with my ex which was like he doesn't like i couldn't even have an honest conversation with him about hey so this is the medication i'm taking and this is the deal and i'm going to the doc like i hid it from him i hid it and this was like into our relationship and one of the things i really appreciated when we met is I I chose to have a very open conversation early on and say, hey, I didn't want to hide it. I didn't want it to be like a thing that all of a sudden, you know, came out at some point. So I think I told you and your reaction was very. And I think because you have that awesome like science background, you kind of you get things in a very more analytical way. Like, I don't know, like a clinical sort of. okay, this is that's what it is. And it is what you get it. You get yeah. it. It is what it is. And yeah. so you're very level headed. You've always been very, you know, ever since I met you, you've always been very, you have this like, I mean, I've experienced it. I've, uh, I've also had experience with other people that have had yeah. forms of either depression or by, uh, or bipolar. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not only in my own family, I've, I've, you know, my previous relationships, uh, as well, mm-hmm. either the mother or someone like that, I had it. So no, I get it. And, and yeah. also what I, like like you said, how my mind works, how I think about yeah. it. I'm like, okay, you have depression. That's not like, oh, you like are addicted you, you to, never, to a drug you or You never something. made it's, me feel like the there's something thing. wrong with you. It's just like, oh, actually, okay. I, I, actually, I want to I bring that, that back. I said addicted to a drug. Actually, there sh- there's uh, studies that are showing that people can be more 
um what's the word susceptible susceptible to addiction so no oh based so, on like genetics yeah, and yeah, yeah, oh yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. so i don't want to that's a bad comparison sorry but you know what i mean yeah um it's not like what i was trying to say is like oh that's your choice like, right you know right yeah and i remember it's not a choice it's something you were born with it is what it is right Right. right. And so feeling that like, like, like opening up that Pandora's box and him being like being able to kind of hold it with me is what yeah. I felt like. Um, and when you find that in a relationship, and I think that ties into even what like you're experiencing now, babe, is knowing that when you're with someone, you can hold the hard stuff together and look at it yeah. and not be like, oh, I I never felt from you like, I don't know what to do with this. Like, okay, good luck. Yeah, with that. I think I, I told you a couple of days ago, I was like, honey, I just don't want to do anything yeah right now yeah and i just like laid there on the couch and i just didn't have any energy yeah and i didn't know what it was i didn't know why i didn't understand it and it was and you were your your compassion you always are but you you supported me and you weren't like just get up just get out you know that's Mm-hmm. because it doesn't help it doesn't help anybody yeah no we've so. got it we've got to hold it and i think you've got it you know and and you and from early on and you've you've further developed this like spidey sense of knowing how far you can quote unquote push me because it's not really sometimes it feels a little pushy because it's like your energy is like high octane. But I think you've learned the fine art of Maria Leandra. And so, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know when to like, OK, let me let me hold this with you. And sometimes it's like, all right, babe. Why don't you go for a walk, go for a run, get your sneakers on, get some sunshine. And and I'll be like, uh-huh. yeah, and you actually move me. You motivate me. You inspire me. You give me a little bit of a, okay, a little pat in the butt cheeks to go literally, which I always love, um, you know, cause come on. And I go out and I, and I get some, you know, I move my body. I get into in momentum, yeah. but it's very, it's, but you know. It's like a nuanced knowing yeah. of it, like... It's different. I'm not going into the room and peeling the sheets off and opening the window. Get out of bed! Right, like a drill right. sergeant or something. It's exactly. Like, exactly. No, I think it's what I do. What I what I do. What I try to convey to you in those moments is like, you are in control of this. You have the power. But see, that's um, but a that, double-edged sword. Yeah, exactly. But um, Because what I'm, I, I, okay. when you're depressed, you actually don't. Right. I, I know you're going to say that. I, I, that wasn't what I was intending. Sorry. Um, no, no, don't apologize. It's a it's but, a good conversation because that's the way a lot of people might be. Yeah, no, but what I I I know you're not in control of that necessarily, especially certain during certain times of like intense depression. Mm-hmm. But what I was trying to say was, I didn't want to seem like I was pushing you. I was just trying to show you the way, show you an option, mm-hmm. show you a different option. So it's not saying you're in control, and but that's I'm saying, a beautiful way to say it. Hey, yeah. Look, let's look at let's look at what what mm-hmm. you can do, and and all you gotta do is walk through. I'll let's open some doors, and all you gotta do is walk yes. through one of them. So I look think that's, at it from another perspective, right? So that right. I do feel bad. I do feel like because I do believe in not being a victim, right? So you're depressed, which means you're not in control of like let me just snap out of it. However, yeah. however, it's it is about okay, what are the right tools, circumstances, um, resources? to help me shift from this because every time I've been there, I've been able to shift myself out of it and I've created incredible things in my life that I'm so proud of. Yeah. Even though I've been basically moving through a story of depression, anxiety, mood swings, like lots of different things for as long as I can remember. Like yeah. the, the whole time. 
So, so yeah, but I think the point of what happens in relationship with someone who is experiencing that and someone who isn't and doesn't really can't get it because you're not going through it is an important topic because it opens up the the eyes for both sides. Yeah. You're smiling so sweetly. Well, I'm smiling because I'm also just the way you keep saying in relationship. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I, I You're going to make a joke? Do it. Do yeah, it. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, <laughs> it's not a joke, but it's something that we just saw. In relationship. Um, with <laughs> um, on Disney Plus, they had a little series from Toy Story 4, the shorts of uh, <laughs> a Forky asked a question and he's like, I don't know. Well, anyways, <laughs> we were watching. We've seen them all because they're hilarious. But the one where he goes to what is computer? And he keeps saying, what is computer? And she keeps correcting him, uh, a computer. Uh-huh. And he goes, oh, we're going on a holiday or <laughs> we're going to hospital. He's like, why do you keep saying it like that? Have you been watching the British shows? <laughs> so when she when when you kept saying in relationship, <laughs> all I kept thinking of was on the holiday. I mean, that's the way they say it in the UK, right? They don't say I'm going to the hospital. <laughs> I'm, going, yeah. I'm going to hospital. I'm going yeah. to university, right? So I just, <laughs> I just, I, I couldn't stop thinking of Forky just looking with Forky asks a question. Bobbly eyes and look, oh man. Sorry. If you haven't seen those, go oh, do yourself hilarious. a favor and check them out. John Mulaney does a great job. It's, it's so hilarious. Good. So funny. But yeah. 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 That was a good, that was a good break. Okay, um, good. Yeah. I was worried because sometimes I would say a joke and you'd be like, not the evil, right time. Yeah. Evil no, eyes. No. I don't think that's no. a good time. No, it is a good time. It is a good time. So, yeah. So we're bringing this up now because, again, you know, National Mental Health Awareness Month and, you know, just get go get yourself informed. I thought about sharing stats and things and I was like, well, just go Google and see, you know, how many people are experiencing um, Especially these during challenges. this time. <gasps> Yowza. I mean, talk I mean, about. Again. Mm, talk about exacerbating what oh. may already be like a little ticking time bomb in your system where it's like you're not quite your brain is not quite equipped to deal with what's happening and there's no amount there's no amount of positivity that's going to get you out of it because that's not what it's about anyway i'm not into like positive thinking i'm into you know really shifting your mindset and like okay well like being real about things yeah but right now a lot of people are going to be experiencing closed to opportunities to options oh my god and it I, breaks I, my heart. And it like seriously breaks yeah. my heart. Yeah. And that's a lot of people are going through it. So this time, so especially if you know somebody, um, you know, a friend of yours and you know, they're, they're acting kind of weird. Yeah. Um, again, the idea is not to go at them and attack them. No. Hey, I want to help you. With it. No, just maybe try to open some doors. Just, you know, you even know? if it's just checking in and I'll say again, that's, that's, but that's an opening a door, right? Yeah, yeah. It? It's like if they want to walk through, they can just yeah. show them the opportunity. And I'll say um, when someone is depressed and I remember friends and this was both that happened in high school and still two of my very dear best friends, Jessica and Dagmar. I remember one time my mom invited them to come to our, our apartment or our house after school, one of the days that I was out of school, because again, I was out for a couple months. Yeah. And my mom knew that if she told me that they were coming, I probably would have said no, because no, I didn't want to see no. anybody. Yeah. So she brought them in and like it was like a little covert operation oh. for them to surprise me. And I did not, I did not like it. Mm-hmm. I remember feeling like, 
And oh my God, I got to give it to those two amazing girls because even, even as freshmen in high school, they were able to hold this like space for me. Like I, I remember their faces. I could cry now. I remember their faces and it was like this just, I don't understand what's happening, but I love you and we're here. We're just here. And yeah. that was enough. And I remember looking at, it was like the four of us were just looking at each other. My mom looking at me like with these eyes of like, I just want to like show you that you have this love and connection and that your friends are here and both of my friends just looking at me and the four of us just and I so point being how did that make you feel after like after coming over the initial like frustrated and mad did you did you, I remember you, feeling an incredible wave of gratitude um also feeling confused with my own feelings of why it was almost it felt like so hard. Why, like the logical mind would be like, "This is a nice thing. Why am yeah, I? Why I, am I feeling the exact opposite?" Uh, yeah, it was very. It was. It was very, very hard for me to process it, and I. And it's one of those moments when, again, the the brain of a depressed person is sort of running this track where, it's like in its own echo chamber. <laughs> I'm bringing that up because we heard that earlier in a different context, and it's kind of like, it applies. It, you're just you're kind of listening to your own thoughts in this little box over and over and over and over again. And there's nothing else. Even the thought I remember as a young woman thinking these people, meaning my psychiatrist, my parents, they want me to take this medication, but I know I'm never going to get better. I remember thinking that I remember yeah. thinking I'm going to take this medication yeah. and they're going to think I'm better and they're going to make me do the things that I don't want to do Right. because it tricks you. It, it is a disease that literally tricks you into not even seeing. Le- you, you don't remember what feeling good feels like. Like you literally legit in that moment do not. Rem- you can't find a memory that you're like, oh, wow. And your body you're like, oh, yeah, that feels good. Like, like yeah. that. that's what happy feels like. That's what easeful feels like. You just you don't. So I remember thinking one time I was like, I'm taking this medication and I know I'm not going to get better. But it's only a matter of time because they're looking at me like, okay, so you've been taking it for this long. It's supposed to take effect because that's how it works. Let's get you back into the flow of life. And I know I'm not going to be ready. And of course, the medication did work beautifully, thankfully. Um, I started to emerge. I started to tiptoe into, you know, real life um, toe by toe and eventually was able to just reintegrate myself back completely into school and play and tons of extracurricular activities I was very active in high school throughout the rest of my time there so I really did emerge but boy is it it tricks you so anybody who's experiencing right now any any emotion that you are completely constricted by do not go it alone like just get like speak with somebody talk to your doctor get some help because if there's even the sliver of a chance that taking a medication for a certain period of time can help lift that veil and help you realize what it feels like to be back in the flow of your own emotions, like take a hold of who you are, then you deserve to give yourself that. Like you really, really do not lone wolf it to the point where you're like, I'm just going to figure this out because the alternative is really, really sad that you don't, you could spend years not knowing 
not feeling like you yeah like we're literally wearing yeah. this mask that becomes so like attached to your face that you don't know what's underneath anymore and how to take it off and so it takes a dedication of you know whatever methodologies work for you it could be medication it could be other things i'm open you know babe i'm open to all the no, things we're both I'm, open to a lot of things yeah. i'm open to like everything i'm i'm i don't close myself off to anything that could help me that could help the people i love and i'm an advocate for just you know taking care of yourself with the resources that you can find um and you know if that helps anybody kind of feel um heard and understood and sort of like oh okay then awesome and when you go through really hard things in your life and Jules and I right now are going through, you know, him especially and me as, as his partner holding this with him, we're going through a really, really tough time. So we are having open conversations about our mental health. We are having open conversations about, yeah, you know, like we go there. Oh, cause you got to communicate with each other. We right? go there. We absolutely go there. And I feel an integrity with the things that I share with him and I trust the things that he tells me, meaning I don't have to like dig through and be like, are you sure, babe? Are you sure, babe? Are you sure, babe? Yeah. Are we I being trust, honest with each other? I trust that yeah. he's being honest. Yeah. Um, and he's told me and he's like, I will, you know, you can count on me being honest about this. And that's really valuable information because I don't feel a sense of fear. On the contrary, I feel a sense of openness with him and a sense of, um, you know, I was going to say responsibility, but it's like, it's not responsibility. It's like this choice to hold whatever it is with you. Mm-hmm. And maybe I'll need help someday with what we're moving through, you know, and yeah. maybe you will. And we're going to keep talking about it. Yeah, and we'll it'll keep, keep, keep coming up. Yeah. And that's okay. And we'll work through it together. Yeah. So. Yeah. Thank you, babe, for, you know, supporting listening you. to me with, yeah, supporting me and <laughs> listening to me with those, you know, um, well, we support each other, baby, so of course. Absolutely. That heart and everything of yours that I adore so much. So, ah, yeah. So, you know. I love you. Yeah. I know. I know. She just doesn't know how to He's like, it. he's like, she's going to keep talking. She just keeps she's going. She's going to keep talking. He's like, wrap it up, wrap it up. Wrap I haven't up. even done that. I don't have to do that. No, I know already. All right. Well, this was a big one. <laughs> it was. I mean, it's an emotional I'm thing. I'm like, let's I'm just, just I'm just having a bit of a, like, what, a what is, Bre- I think Brene Brown calls it um, a vulnerability hangover, you know? And this hasn't even gone live, like in this moment, in this. And that's okay. But it feels like. But you know how you handle a vulnerability hangover? You how? put the outro music on. So guys, <laughs> I love you, honey. Thank you for listening. I love you, baby. So, so, so much. Rate, review, and subscribe. Mm-hmm. Thanks for listening, everybody. See you, you guys. Bye.